Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, and today I'm going to chat about silence and embracing that stillness. So a lot of the time, silence, it can feel really deafening. You know, if people say, I got to start to slow down, but they don't really know how to or where to start. And I think often for many of us, the slowing down means, I don't want to know what comes up. I know for myself, that was my own experience of like, oh, if I slow down, who knows what's going to come? You know, is it going to be like, I need to completely, you know, blow up this area of my life? Um, Do I have to completely change this aspect about myself? And I think that's sometimes the biggest fear for a lot of us when we talk about slowing down or being in silence, because we're afraid of, hey, that inner voice that I can shove down because I keep myself so busy. Um, it won't come up. It's not going to tell me anything because I'm not going to, I'm not going to listen to it. I don't have to listen to it. But if we start to do those practices that help us slow down and help us be in silence, yeah, there's a chance that stuff is going to come up and it can be sticky and it can be messy and we might hate it. So this is a practice that I have personally been really leaning into, and I'm, I'm sure some of it's because I'm you know getting closer to my third trimester now um, of pregnancy and that that is Ayurvedically speaking, a lot of us feel, we feel that nesting, we feel that inwards pull, which I think biologically is most likely on purpose because labor is a very intrinsic thing. It's something that, you know, you might have your outside support there. You might have your partner there, your doctor, your doulas, your midwives, but yet you, they can't work through that stuff because you're going to have your internal stuff coming up. Um, there's no way for anyone to take that away from you. And so I think there is that biological reason for that third trimester of that inward stillness and that silence that I'm pretty sure, actually, I did feel the pull, but I felt it like two weeks before my son was born. So very late in the game there, um, I did keep myself busy because I just didn't know what to expect. And now I feel like, you know, as now going to have baby number two, I'm, I know what's coming ahead. And I know I would like a little bit more leeway, a little bit more time to spend in the silence because once baby's here, there's not a ton of stillness or silence. You know, I'm kind of on their time timeline for, you know, the first couple of years here. So that's, that's where I think that's double kind of my double edge right now is leading into that. Now that might not be your own life circumstances. You know, you might have plenty of time for stillness and silence. You just don't take it. Um, or you might be in the midst of, Hey, I have a six month old and I'm not able to take it yet, but you know, in a few years, I would love to start embracing it. Well, I want to chat about how we can maybe embrace it in just those pockets. So if you are in that early, you know, postpartum time with, you know, little baby, how can you start to embrace that stillness and maybe a couple minutes to reground? Um, you know, because like anything, stillness is a practice. It's something that, you know, if we want to get better at it, we have to do it. And often we don't do it because we don't, again, we want to avoid something. And so if something is coming up, if you're having friction of me even just mentioning you know, can you make time for stillness or silence in your life? And if you're like, "Mm -mm," you know, lean into that journal about that, what's coming up? Like, what are the fears around that? Um, And that would be the first place to explore. If you're like, heck yeah, bring on that stillness, bring on that silence. Um, I'm going to share some practices in a little bit of ways that you can get deeper into this. So I just signed up for this program and oh gosh, I should have looked up what it was called. It's called, I think it's restful. Um, and I have never heard of this teacher. I just randomly found her on Instagram from, um, mindful of rest. That's what it is. 
um, from Indu who had shared that she was going to be one of the presenters on this. And it's happening, I think at the end of November for a week. And it's just all about rest and it's 12 different teachers coming in and teaching, um, some sort of meditation, restorative yoga, yin yoga, um, yoga nidra, just some form of rest. And I really was, I'm like, perfect. But for me, that last week of November, going into December, coming into the holidays, just taking a week for myself. And sometimes you might be thinking, oh my gosh, there's no way I could do something at that time of the year. I'm just too busy. Well, that would be where you can kind of push back at yourself and say, hmm, maybe that is the medicine I need though. If I'm constantly too busy for these things, can I, can I build in that time for myself? Um, that, that might held the, the ticket to me feeling better. So that's kind of a, that's why I'm, I really wanted to dive into this topic now. And I'm sure I'll share, I'll share if stuff seems relevant, um, after going through the training, um, that I am going to continue to do, I'll share it with you and, um, you know, give you some ideas of other ways that you can incorporate stillness. But when I was chatting with someone after class, after one of my Hatha yoga classes, um, she had said she really would love to come to my yin yoga nidra class that I offered later in the week. And I was subbing, but she asked if it was going to be okay for her to leave during the yoga nidra part. And so I asked why she said, no, I can't, I can't just lay there for 15 minutes. No, thank you. And I'm like, that's so interesting because the yin part, or I told her at least in my yin, she hadn't been to one of my yin classes. I said, I primarily leave you in silence. You know, I, I give you a pose. You're going to hold it for three to five minutes. Um, I give you a pranayam to practice, at, but you're really kind of in your own head for most of the, the hour of class. And then the yoga nidra part, I'm mostly talking to you. You know, I'm leading through, you know, leading you through a visualization and awakening of sorts. And so she said, yeah, no, I can't do that part. <laughs> and so we, we chatted and, um, you know, she didn't end up coming, but that was something that was interesting to me. And I told her, I understood because I would have been the same way, you know, gosh, even a couple of years ago, if, if there was a meditation class on a yoga schedule, I would have said, heck no, not going, not interested. Um, even if I had like my, my favorite yoga teacher, if she had a class that maybe had a, you know, an hour of asana followed by a 30 minute meditation, I was like, mm, skipping that. I don't want to go to that meditation. So just like, um, you know, the person who came up to me after the yoga class asked, asking to leave early, I was like, I get it. I was, I was in the same boat just a few years ago and what made me come around, you know, what made me swing back to the, Hey, no, actually that sounds delightful. I would totally sign up for just an hour meditation class now. And it's because I've practiced and I've put myself into those, um, I guess, classes into that education, of, okay, this is something I want to personally work on. How can I get better? You know, I signed up for Tracy Stanley's, um, tantric meditation training. And so we are just completing that this, this past week. And it was transformational in a way that we did so many basic practices, but in realizing that those basics are really the things that make the biggest move in your own life, because sometimes these complicated practices where, um, you know, we're doing every day, you're doing something different, or we feel like it has to be this big old transformation every time you sit down to meditate. Um, and it's not, and then we feel disappointed. And then maybe we do it for a couple of days and then we stop doing it because it didn't get us where we thought we were going, but that's not it. You know, the practice is enough, like sitting down and doing the practice and recognizing that. 
And so that's kind of where I came through with those meditations. And then I also had asked on our last class, I had just happened to ask her what happens if I feel like I'm giving my classes now the basic meditations and I feel like they're going to get bored only just because I've worked, you know, in the personal training space for enough years that people liked to have different things all the time. And what she had told me was something that I'm like, this it's my Ayurvedic side of me is like, of course, that is the answer. But she had said, no, you know, give people what, what they need, not what they want, which is just the opposite of kind of what you're taught. I think a lot in um, businesses or even in the yoga studio. And that's where she had said, you know, that's where you get into a little bit dicey situations with, you know, paid classes or, you know, your yoga studios that require X amount of people to come to class and all of those things. Now my studio is not like that, but a lot are. And then what can happen is you're now teaching to what appeases them, but it's not necessarily what they need. And that means in right now we're in that Vata season. If I'm doing a class, that's got a ton of inversions, like headstands, shoulder stands, um, a lot of sun salutations, a lot of lateral bends. Those are all going to increase that Vata dosha. And I know this as an Ayurvedic person, but you know, my students might not. So they might ask for some of those things, but it's up to me to say, mm, is that really what you need? No, if we're already coming in and we're feeling super high energy and just like off the charts, we need to ground that down. We got to do the opposite to find that balance. And so in doing so, ultimately with the Vata Dosha, you're finding that stillness, you're finding that quietness. And so in our society, it's just so easy to be surrounded by noise. And so stillness has to be a conscious practice and it needs to be worked on day after day. You know, it's not something you do for a week and stop. It's not something you do for a month and stop. It has to be something that is somehow built into your day. So if you're listening thus far and you're like, yes, I'm in, what are some ways that I can incorporate this? Here are some that I've personally done um, and practiced and I think would be most beneficial if you're kind of on that boat. The first one, turning off the radio when you're in your car. I mean, it sounds very basic and it's something, again, I've talked about before, but my dad used to do all of the time growing up. I always knew when he took my car and either got the oil change or did something to help, you know, tweak the car because my my radio wouldn't be on. And I always had my radio on, you know, as a teenager. And so it's something that I personally am doing after I take my son to school and drop him off, the radio's off. One, bringing him to school so we can chat. Two, coming home is just nice. And he, we don't live far from school. It's, you know, like a five minute drive, but it's just nice to have that 10 minutes in the morning after I've done my meditation, after I've done my yoga asana and my pranayama, to have that more stillness, to have more quietness, just to keep that going into my day. The next one, just practicing meditation daily, even it's, it's just a few minutes in quotations. Cause I think a lot of the times we do a lot of just like, Oh, it's just, you know, five minutes. It's just this. Well, you know what? You can do a lot in five minutes of meditation. You can do a lot in just a two minute grounding practice. So don't think that like, this is too little of time or I don't have time. There's plenty of time and space in just that short amount of time. And the more you practice it, the better you're going to be at that quick reset. Next, an idea is devoting five minutes a day to stillness and doing nothing. And if you feel more versed in stillness, maybe you try 30 minutes. 
So that could be a practice you do at night before you go to bed. That could be something that you do maybe at the start of your day or in the middle of the day. And that doesn't mean you sit down and meditate. That means maybe you just sit down and just sit there and you look around, you do nothing. There's nothing on your agenda. There's no work. There's no breath hold. There's no breath practice. Try to do nothing. So that is one that I'm playing with. And again, I've started with the five minutes. I'm not, I'm not up to the 30 minutes personally yet, but that is my goal. And um, often at night is kind of when I have found for myself, it works best to incorporate it. Um, you know, as my son goes to bed or as I put him to bed, my husband again works evenings. And so I kind of have that, that window to myself. And that's kind of the time where I'll explore playing with those five minutes. And then I'll increase it once it feels right. So if you're kind of thinking, how do I know when to increase? You'll know is my answer is you'll know you're ready for a little bit more. You can use mantras in your day, such as I sense, I feel, I trust. And so if you're like, I'm really scared of that stillness, like I trust my inner stillness. Or if you're in the stillness and stuff comes up, sometimes we're really good at shoving down our feelings, but say, I feel really uncomfortable right now. Or I feel my stomach is in knots. I feel tension in my shoulders. Um, Or I sense that I need more grounding in my life. I sense I need to practice this more. So notice what comes up if you have those mantras um, while you're sitting in that stillness. Another one is practicing diaphragmatic breathing. And you can take this in crocodile pose where you're laying on your stomach and you have your forehead laying on top of your forearms. And then your heels are turned in, toes turned out, and you're just breathing into your low belly. So you're feeling that low belly hit the earth with that inhale, exhale, feel it contract. Yoga Nidra. So it's more of an awakening practice, but if you're looking for some stillness and you're not quite ready for just complete quietness, doing a Yoga Nidra, you know, taking a midday, like three o'clock, four o'clock Yoga Nidra break. Um, and that's, that's one of the, actually, that's probably the first way I started to, um, gateway into stillness and quietness was from a 30 day. I did a, actually it was a 40 day yoga ninja practice of Tracy Stanley's, um, now probably four years ago. And that really helped me get more comfortable with this, with the quietness, with the stillness. And then my final practice, um, idea for you is a Shavasana. So there's a ton of guided Shavasanas that you can find online. If you are a practitioner or a yoga teacher, um, you might be able to listen to one and then you'll be able to self-guide yourself through a Shavasana. Um, But there are many ways that you can just do that juicy end of practice um, with your Shavasana if you don't want to do a full yoga asana. So that's literally what after I'm done recording this today, I am going to be doing a guided Shavasana um, as my 2 p.m. check-in. So that's my time where I like to kind of take my break in my middle of my day and say, what do I need? And personally, I've been working on writing my book, um, as I'm recording this and I've been on my computer a lot. And so I just want to take some time to lay down on my yoga mat, which is always spread out right behind me at my desk. I have my cushions are easy to access. So my bolsters, um, in the same, I always put it away at the same spot. My blankets are easy to find. My eye pillow is right there. Everything is easy. Now that I would also recommend if it's something that you don't do because it's not easy, set up your life. So you have these pots, you know, pockets of your day, but places in your house as well. So again, I have it in my office because that's the easiest way for me to have it set up. 
I have another little spot. I call it my Zen den, which is soon going to be the baby nursery, (laughs) but I have a little meditation cushion there because once baby's here, I will probably be up there quite a bit. So I already have my little meditation cushion set up. I have cards up there. I have a sound, my, my singing bowl, my, um, I have a, a journal up there, cards, anything that I need. Um, my Palo Santo, it's sitting right there on a table next to my meditation cushion. So again, it's like, how easy can I make this for myself? So I'm going to actually do it. You know, if it's not set up again, I found we won't do it. So that's, those are my ways that I would suggest to start off with embracing the quietness, embracing that stillness and that silence. And if this is something that you're like, yes, I would want more of, um, the last program that I'm going to be running before I head on maternity leave is going to be the seasonal living collective, but the winter round, and we're going to do it in January. And this is a deep topic that we're going to dive deeper with is with the stillness. And we're going to learn, um, how to connect with your inner goddess. We're going to be connecting with the moon in January with your divine self, and then how to balance your ojas. So this are, this is going to be the topics for winter. I have not taught about any of these in the collective in the past. So even if you've done a collective before, these are going to be all new topics. Um, and it's really about deepening your own intuition and having these tools. So you're at your disposal. And this is the one way that I've personally, again, I've done so many trainings where I've picked up tools that have really worked. And I'm sharing with you the ones that I've truly embodied, because you can tell a difference if you have maybe learned, you know, maybe heard of a practice or wrote it down, but you haven't actually practiced it or embodied it. There's a difference in that teaching. And so for this round of that winter collective, I'm, these are all things that I've practiced. I have um, personally seen the benefits from, and I am really excited to share these uh, with you. And if you want that Ayurvedic lens on the late winter season, we're also going to be diving into those um, during our weekly calls. And this also will include one-on-one calls um, because I really did enjoy that during the fall session of having the, having both the group and the one-on-one calls. I think that worked out really nice. So if that's something that's of interest to you, make sure you join the wait list. I will be emailing out probably mid-December, um, the wait list, you get a $50 off for being on the wait list. And you're the only people who are getting that offer. And if you're not quite sure if you want to do it yet, but you're like, yeah, maybe I should join that wait list, hop on the wait list. You don't, there's no obligation to buy. So that is just where you're like, yeah, maybe, maybe I want to do that come January, hop on that wait list. All right. If there's any questions that you have for me, feel free to send me a DM over on seasonal Andrea. I love hearing from you. Um, and if you haven't already, if you would take just a minute or two, just to rate and review the show, wherever you watch it on, it really does help, um, get the podcast out there. So more people can tune in each week. All right. Thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.